The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Today's episode of Tables, Others and Chairs is brought to you by our sponsors, Faces Wrestling. Head over to faceswrestling.com for money off heavy metal wrestling merch. Use the code OTHERS, that's A-T-H-E-R-S, to get 20% off all Jimmy Havoc, B Priestley and Travis Banks merch. Once again, that's Faces Wrestling. Welcome to episode 21 of Tables, Others and Chairs Here on the HTM Podcast Network As always, I'm your host Avers And I'm coming to you live from the mean streets of Blackpool, England And uh, this week's episode, I'm going to be doing a review of Riptide Wrestling's Brighton Spirit 2019 show uh, Over the Friday and Saturday of last week uh, Really fun event Uh, We'll go into more detail a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Also, I've got an interview with uh, one of the owners of Breed Pro Wrestling. as uh, their big show, Starcave, live from uh, Pete Cavern. This Saturday, wrestling in a cave. Uh, Got a full preview of that and an interview with the owner, Mitch. So, uh, yeah, stick around for that one. Uh, Before we get on that, very, very briefly, want to talk about... AEW and the WWE. Uh, last week's show, by the time it aired, all my information was already out of date. And that was regarding the uh, TV deal here over here. Uh, ITV, they're originally going to be showing it on the Sunday, four days after it had aired in America. Uh, obviously, talking about AEW Dynamite, the TV show. Uh, by the time I put my uh, show out, it had already changed again. Um, the show is now airing on Friday in full, unedited. Uh, although this week's show was still missing MJF versus uh, that Cutler fella who I've never heard of. Um, and it also airs the very next day on ITV Hub which is like their catch-up on-demand service, which is free. Um, Although it was very heavily edited on the ITV Hub, uh, there was no introduction tune. It just went straight into a Shivani, JR and Excalibur welcome you to the show. Uh, There was no hype packages or or, uh, vignettes around. It was just straight matches. And again... The uh, MJF match was missing. So, while uh, AEW have got the shit together a little bit by uh, not waiting till the Sunday for it to be aired, the Friday on ITV4 at 11.20pm, a much better time slot than the Sunday at 8.20 in the morning. And uh, also good that if you can't wait until the Friday, 
is available the next day on the ITV Hub. I just hope that they get on the ball a little bit more with the editing. There's no need to cut matches out. There's no need to shave 15 minutes off a show that's only an hour and a half long without adverts anyway. But uh, yeah, getting to the actual show itself, uh, I thought Sammy Guevara and uh, Cody Rhodes was a very good match. Uh, Fought the Women's Championship, although slightly sloppy in parts. Told a decent story. Very surprised that Riho went over. Uh, I enjoyed Pac versus Hamman Page. The main event, a little bit gimmicky. Lots of run-ins, lots of distractions. And uh, I suppose it's, it's a hook for next week. What with Jack Swagger coming down and... Jericho having the new uh, stable of himself, uh, Jack Swagger slash Jake Hager, uh, LAX and uh, Sammy Guevara. Uh, Also got Moxley attacking Kenny Omega, uh, putting him through a glass table. So, yeah, they did a lot of business. Uh, As far as characters go, I think that they did well to get quite a few people over, introduce a, a, a new audience a new set of eyes uh, to a lot of different characters. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple of really decent matches on there. Uh, a, a solid, if not spectacular, start from AEW. And uh, I'll certainly be tuning in for me tomorrow. You listening today. Um, Getting on to my weekend. Uh, I went to Brighton. In the uh, south of England, very far south. Any further south, you drop into the sea. Uh, so, yeah, I went for their uh, Riptide Wrestling Brighton Spirit 2019. Uh, basically, three shows over two days. Uh, the running theme being a uh, tag team tournament. And uh, let's dive into the results. So, from show one on the Friday. Uh, first round match of the tag team tournament, you had Curtis Chapman and Rob Lyons uh, taking on the team of Chris Brooks and Daniel McCarby. He was uh, over here in Europe this weekend. Uh, not only did he wrestle for Riptide Wrestling, uh, he was also over in Germany for WXW. Uh, he took part in their Ambition Tournament, uh, which ran side by side with the World Tag Team Festival. Uh, So this opening tag team match, a lot of comedy spots. Uh, Curtis Chapman, a very slender, annoying, gobby child, who were Chris Brooks and Daniel McCarvey. They stretched the kid, basically. They really did time in knots. Uh, Unfortunately, the keyboard warrior, Curtis Chapman, there was a bit of a distraction, and he used a uh, Super Nintendo on Daniel McCarvey's knee, and uh, quickly got a roll-up after that. So, Curtis Chapman and Rob Lias advancing to the semi-finals. Uh, next up, you had Paul Robinson taking on Tate Mayfair's. Uh, Paul Robinson, for those of you never seen him, a uh, very violent, angry little man who's uh, kind of the spitting image of uh, Dobby from Harry Potter. Uh, but not really with the same kind of uh, Sonny's disposition. And, uh, yeah, a very, very violent man. 
a very foul man. Uh, Tate Mayfair's making his Riptide wrestling debut. And uh, the poor kid got an absolute beating. Paul Robinson really going to work on him. Uh, finishing him off with a curb stomp and then a flurry of elbows, which uh, gave the referee no choice but to call a technical knockout. Uh, Paul Robinson is currently the Progress Proteus champion, and uh, his rules for defending that title are you can only win by submission or knockout. So, looks like he's taking his uh, role as Proteus champion very seriously, getting a bit of practice in with that knockout victory. Uh, Next up, very, very fun match here. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey taking on Brighton's own Jordan Brakes. Uh, really, really fun match. Real good clash of styles. Uh, Jordan Brakes, a fantastic technical wrestler. And uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, uh, for me, he's been an absolute star during his time over here in the UK. Uh, I think this tour ends for him in November, but I heard that he might be staying over till December. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. Every single match he has is an absolute barnstormer. Uh, very athletic. His kicks, absolutely ridiculous. As I said, very good mesh of styles. Great technical wrestling from Jordan Brakes. But uh, Speedball Mike Bailey coming through here with the victory. Uh, with the double knees to the chest at the end. Uh, Riptide Wrestling Tag Team Championship Tournament first round match. Escaping the mid-card, which is the team of TK Cooper and Brighton champion Chuck Mambo. Uh, They took on the besties in the world, uh, Matt Fitchett and Davey Vega. Uh, In the end, TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo coming out victorious here. Didn't look like they were on the same page to begin with. A little bit of tension with Chuck Mambo being the Brighton champion and TK Cooper wanting that championship match. He had an awesome match with Chuck Mambo earlier in the year. But uh, all of that seemed to be put aside. Uh, They work well as a team here, putting away the besties in the world and progressing through to the semi-final. Next match was another tag team tournament match. At the Medusa Complex, the team of Charlie Evans and Millie McKenzie, uh, Sendai Girl Tag Team Champions as well, uh, they defeated the team of Cody Lane and Shane Sabre, whose uh, gimmicks, they were a couple of pirates, I guess. Pretty annoying, uh, came down with... Uh, like a hip flask of rum, and yeah, I, I wasn't a great fan of these guys. But uh, the Medusa Complex, Charlie Evans, Millie McKenzie, uh, really are a great tag team. They work fantastic together. Both very, very young, and uh, I think these guys should be everywhere, either as a tag team or individually. Uh, next up, we had a singles match. Uh, Big Swall, who is uh, Ariel Monroe from... Uh, the May Young Classic, you may remember. Uh, she took on Shikara. Uh, it was an absolutely great match here. Uh, Shikara doing her best to uh, cheat to win, but to no avail. Big Swole coming out victorious. Uh, Big Swole putting over Shikara at the end, saying she was great, but there was no need for her to cheat, no need for her to sink to the levels that she does. And uh, she challenged her to another match the next day which Shakara accepted. Uh, the last 
quarterfinals or first round, depending on which way you want to call it, of the uh, Riptide Tag Team Tournament saw the Rascals, uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz, taking on the team of Connor Mills and the OJMO. A really good match, went about 15 minutes. Uh, the Rascals coming out on top. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Rascals. I really enjoy their work. Uh, great seeing them on impact these days. Uh, no stranger to these shores. They've wrestled uh, many a time in uh, Southside Wrestling. And a couple of times down at RevPro as well. Uh, for me, Rascals, one of the best teams in the business at the minute. And uh, they are the fourth and final team through to that semi-final. Uh, the main event of the evening was a no-disqualification match, which uh, saw Karinwar, the Black Swan, taking on the Demon Bride, Siu Young. And uh, I don't think words can really do this match any justice. Um, it was a very interesting match at one stage. Uh, Siu Young ran over uh, Karinwar's testicles with a bicycle. Yeah, you heard that right. Uh, there was another spot in the match where Karinwar got an egg, a raw egg, in his mouth and slowly spat the contents of the egg into Sue Young's mouth. Oh, I feel sick just thinking about it. It was absolutely disgusting. Uh, again, this match ending by a referee's decision and... Uh, Sue Young coming out in victorious in... I I really do struggle to give this match justice. It was absolute craziness from beginning to end. When you get a chance, check it out on Riptide's on-demand service. Uh, you won't regret it. Uh, so that was the end of night one. Uh, show two was uh, during the daytime which uh, meant that kids could go, because Riptide is usually over 18s only. But uh, children were allowed into this one. Uh, The first match saw Speedball Mike Bailey taking on Damon Moser. They had ran about an eight-minute match. Pretty good match. Very hard-hitting stuff from uh, Speedball Mike Bailey and Damon Moser. But uh, Speedball Mike Bailey picking up the W here. Uh, Next up, we saw Vader Scott. She took on Tate Mayfair's, who was, uh, for me, a little bit miscast as a good guy in this match. Uh, About halfway through, uh, he switched it up and decided to be a bad guy, which I think suits Tate Mayfair's a lot better. Uh, Vader Scott picking up the victory in this match. Uh, Next up, we had a very special attraction match, a British rounds match, uh, featuring two of the best technical wrestlers around. Jordan Brakes and Daniel Maccabe. Uh, for those of you that don't know, British Rounds is a uh, two falls or two submissions, best two out of three. And uh, Jordan Brakes picking up a 2-1 victory. Uh, there was a stage very early through, I think it was the second or third round, uh, Jordan Brakes looked legitimately hurt. I think he's suffering with uh, neck issues. Had a lot of taping around the area. Uh, they got the um, medic in. And uh, you'll hear more about him in show three. And uh, he checked on whether Jordan Brakes would be okay to carry on. And uh, he was. And he got the uh, second submission. 
I think it was in the fourth round. So, yeah, a really good match. Uh, if you're a fan of the likes of uh, Johnny Saint, uh, or technical old-school wrestling like that, world of sport, um, you really will be a big fan of this match. Uh, lovely stuff. Uh, before the interval, it was Mike Bird taking on Chris Brooks. Again, uh, another very hard-hitting match. Uh these guys really laying it into each other. Uh, Mike Bird really is a, a veteran of the British scene. Uh, trained some absolute greats in the form of uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. Uh, Chris Brooks eventually falling victim to Mike Bird. But yeah, this this was a surprisingly hard-hitting match. I say surprisingly because, you know, for what was essentially a matinee show... You expect the guys not to go full tilt in front of the kids, and, and it really was harder in stuff. Uh, so, caps off there to, to both Mike Bird and Chris Brooks. Uh, after the interval, we had a Pride of Brighton title number one contendership scramble match. Uh, try saying that five times fast. Uh, Rebel defeated Aliyah James, JJ Lynch. Joseph Kafka and Visage around about 10 minutes. Uh, started off really, really strong and then kind of fell apart, but mainly due to injuries. Uh, I think Alea James uh, suffered a concussion at ringside. Uh, the medic had to check on her. And uh, I found out later that Rebel, who ended up winning the match, ended up having to go to hospital uh, with a pretty severe concussion. So, um, speedy recovery to her, obviously. Um, Rebel picking up the win, as I said, so she has a number one contendership at the Pride of Brighton title. Another singles match, uh, Carlos Romo taking on Ashmore. A nice match here, uh, Ashmore getting the old Uncle Albert and head-on upside-down chance, a bald, bearded gentleman. Uh, he beats up the victory over Carlos Robo. Uh, next up, really good match here. Uh, the Riptide Pride of Brighton title match. Uh, Cassius defending his medal against a mystery opponent. Uh, that mystery opponent being none other than Cara Noir. Uh, fresh off the heels of his match with Sue Young the night before. Uh, Cassius looking a little bit taken aback at first. But uh, this really was great stuff. Uh, towards the end of the match, Carnwell looked like he got the free count. Uh, the referee counted the three, but Carnwell was like, "No, no, you missed his foot on the rope. I don't want to win that way." Uh, massive respect there for for sportsmanship to Carnwell. Uh, Cassius ending up getting the victory. Uh, the two men shaking hands at the end, and uh, as Carnwell was going to leave, he was attacked by Bird. And uh, Mike Bird tying Carnoir up in the ropes, uh, referring to him as Tom, uh, his shoot name, uh, wiping the makeup off his face, telling him, oh, you're a good professional wrestler, but you need to leave this performance art nonsense. And uh, yeah, looks like we've got the beginning of a Mike Bird Carnoir feud, so uh, that'll be interesting to see. The uh, first semi final. Of the Riptide Tag Team Tournament. Was the main event of show two. Uh, the Rascals. Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. 
taking on Chuck Mambo and TK Cooper. Uh, this match was really, really great back and forth stuff between both teams until Shea Purser from Money vs. Everybody came down, uh, grabbed the Brighton Championship, went in the ring, threw it to TK Cooper. Chuck Mambo turned around, they got into a little argument, and uh, the the Rascals ended up with the win. So, uh, that caused an argument between TK and Chuck Mambo. Uh, Chuck Mambo thinking that TK Cooper wants to join Spike Treves, Money vs. Everyone Stable. That led to a main event set up for show free. TK Cooper would be taking on Chuck Mambo for the pri- for the Brighton Championship. Uh, that came as the main event in show three. Uh, show three was later on that evening. Uh, and that kicked off with the second semi-final, the Medusa Complex. Uh, taking on Curtis Chapman and Rob Lias. Uh, a nice little fun spot in this match where Millie McKenzie and Curtis Chapman had a dance-off to uh, Curtis Chapman's banger of a theme tune, uh, which ended with uh, Curtis Chapman punching Millie McKenzie in the face. Uh, but no worries, uh, Medusa Complex got their revenge by picking up the victory and uh, advancing to the final uh, where they would take on the Rascals. Paul Robinson took on Darius Lockhart, again winning by referee's decision. Uh, Paul Robinson really showing his vicious side this weekend at Riptide, and uh, it would not be the last we saw of him. Next up, we had a great comedy match, a tag team match between Mike Bailey and Vader Scott, known as Birdlaw. Uh, they took on Captain Sexy and Aiden, uh, Club Tropicana, lots of stupidity, lots of fun and games in this match. Uh, Mike Bailey and Vader Scott coming out victorious in the end. Uh, rematch from night one saw Shakara taking on Big Swall, with Shakara this time getting the victory and a favourable response from the crowd. Uh, looks like Shakara will be a good guy going forward. In Riptide, uh, a non-tournament tag team match was up next as Connor Mills and the OJMO defeated the besties in the world. Uh, next up, an absolute ludicrous match between uh, Gene Money, who came out to the Ghostbusters theme tune, uh, wearing a uh, proton pack on his back, uh, declaring he ain't afraid of no ghost. And when Sue Young came out, he quickly backtracked, uh, coming out with a cracking line. I ain't afraid of no ghost. That's a double negative. I'm fucking petrified. Uh, again, lots of chicanery and silly business in this match, uh, including Sue Young um, borrowing my wheelchair with a, with me in it, uh, chasing Gene Money uh, all around, around the place. Uh, the match ended... When uh, Gene Money uh, spat blood all over him, uh, causing Gene Money to faint, which I guess is technically a knockout. So, yeah, uh, Sue Young victorious there. Uh, then it was time for the final 
of the uh, Riptide Tag Team Tournament. Uh, the Rascals taking on the Medusa Complex. Uh, this was a great match. Uh, went roughly about 10 minutes. Uh, really good stuff from both teams. And uh, in the end, the Medusa Complex coming out on top, uh, winning the um, Recyclable Trophy, which is a pretty cool little gimmick. Uh, so yeah, the Medusa Complex uh, winning the Brighton Tag Team Tournament. Uh, next up was the main event of the evening as uh, two friends, Chuck Mambo and uh, TK Cooper. They had a 20-minute war, really great match, lots of crazy spots. Uh, Chuck Mambo coming out victorious. Uh, both men absolutely spent and exhausted at the end, which is where things kind of went downhill as uh, Spike Trevay made his way out to the ring along with Paul Robinson and Shea Purser. Uh, Paul Robinson revealed to be the new member of Money versus Everyone. And uh, as the medic was in the ring, tending to both TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo, Spike Trevay and Paul Robinson grabbed the medic, who also happened to be one of the owners of Riptide's father, and uh, they threatened to torture him unless they made a no-disqualification title match right then and there. Obviously, poor Tom had no choice but to make the match, and uh, Paul Robinson laid out an already exhausted and spent Chuck Mambo, Spike Trevay laying his knee across Chuck Mambo, and becoming the new Brighton champion. He said that before the year was out, he would be the Brighton champion. His prophecy has come true, and uh, now Riptide truly are in the darkest of timelines. Uh, interesting to see where they go going forward. Uh, Paul Robinson and Spike Trevay, very interesting bedfellows. Uh, Spike Trevay, the epitome of upper middle class. Paul Robinson, the epitome of working class chav. So, yeah, interesting bedfellows. Uh, the weekend as a whole was absolutely fantastic. Uh, great matches from Noir. I thought he really delivered all weekend. Uh, as did Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, he is one of the best unsigned wrestlers in the world today. Uh, just a shame that he's got the visa issues going into Canada. Um, yeah, I really recommend that you check out this event. It will be available on Riptide's on-demand service uh, pretty soon, I should imagine. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Riptide are a fantastic organisation. Uh, they really do put on great shows. Uh, they've got a great roster, uh, a mixture of up-and-coming new guys, and guys that are on like other organisations like uh, RevPro and Progress, kind of middle-tier guys there. And they're really developing them, making them into bigger stars. Uh, Riptide really is a place that you need to see. Uh, to see the stars, not of just today, but the future as well. When we come back, I'm going to have an interview with Mitch from Breed Pro Wrestling about Saturday's big Star Cave show. We'll be back 
after these short messages. What up, fam? This is LP live at your call. You are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Too sweet. Hello, this is the future Prime Minister of Great Britain, Zack Sabre Jr., and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Hey guys, uh, today we're going to have a little interview with Mitch from Breed Pro Wrestling. Uh, their big show coming on this Saturday at Star Cave, uh, live from the cave in Peak Cavern. Uh, we've got Mitch with us. Mitch, how's it going, man? I'm good, how are you? I'm not too bad, mate, not too bad. Uh, how are the nerves for this Saturday? Yeah, it's a, di- it's a different kind of nerves from a usual show day, because usually everything's set up for you. In your venue, you've got your, your seat and you've got everything all set up and this is completely different. <laughs> I've just got a blank canvas of a venue, so logistics is a, a different beast that I've dealt with so far. But yeah, I'm coping all right. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, what made you get into wrestling? Ooh, my first memory of wrestling was probably when I was like five-year-old-ish. I used to go to my granddad's every Saturday and he always used to have this video, like a... Like an old WWE video, it was. I remember it was Bret Hart on it, and and then there was the uh, the bulldogs on it with the actual bulldog, and I think it was the bulldog that fascinated me. There was an actual dog in the wrestling ring, and I, and, I, and then every time I used to go to my granddad's after that, I'd be like, can I put the bulldog video on? I put the bulldog video on. Then slowly I grew up and <laughs> got out of the bulldog mentality and just got fascinated by the wrestling. It was the wrestling that drove me, that pulled me in. Obviously, over the last few years, uh, mm. the British scene really has picked up. Uh, to the point where WWE has got its own uh, UK show. Uh, what's your experience as a fan of the British scene been? Uh, what are some of the places that you've gone to, some of the shows that you've enjoyed, and uh, some of the wrestlers that have caught your eye? Yeah, so I've always been a WWE fan. That was my, my buy-in. That was always my, my passion, WWE. And I used to work for a retail company, and I used to work with a, a mate of mine called Dave, who people, a lot of people know. And about five years ago, I used, to, I used to always talk to him about WWE. Maybe a bit longer, about six years ago, time flies. And uh, it was like, oh, you should come and support some indie stuff. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I've, seen, I've been to a few indie shows and nothing's really, nothing's really blown my mind. Nothing's really uh, sucked me in. He went, oh no, it's this progress thing. And he told me about this progress. And I looked at it for like five minutes and I saw the branding and I saw the, that it was geared towards a different audience to what I've been going to usually. And then that's it, I went to the progress show. And I'm uh, just fascinated by the Brit wrestling scene. It was just, I'm into punk rock music and I felt a punk rock vibe with the wrestlers, you know. I felt a bit more of a connection to the wrestlers than I would do in other wrestling shows I've been to. So, um, so yeah, it was just, that was where my pull into Brit wrestling. But obviously, right now, we, the, the question was what's, uh, what's my view on the Brit wrestling scene right now? As a fan, it's great, isn't it? You know, you've, you've got wrestlers who can have a full-time income from wrestling. <laughs> and, and I know I speak to a lot of wrestlers, a lot, especially on my level, the wrestlers that I book, they don't make a full-time income from wrestling and they've got full-time jobs supplementing the wrestling. <laughs> and it's, a, it's an hard slog, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's great that a lot of, that more people than ever are earning a full-time living out of professional wrestling. It's cool as fuck. Can you remember the uh, first progress show that you went to? Yeah, it was the uh, Super Strong Style, the one what Tommy End won. Ah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was the first pro. It was the, it was the weekend ticket, so uh, I went, went down to, to London for the weekend, and it was a two-day event. And yeah, it was like I say, trying to think what number it was. Was it like, like number twenty or something like that? Uh, it was around number 
20, Progress 20. I think, because the first one I went to was Chapter 26, yeah. which was in Manchester. I think it was sometime after that, but yeah, not yeah. that long. I think it would be around the mid-20s, about 28, 29, yeah, yeah. something like that, yeah. I found that one, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it was the second ever Super Strong Style tournament. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. you look at some of the guys that were on that tournament you had. Obviously, Tommy End, now Alistair Black, yeah. who went on to win it. Uh, I think you had uh, Volta was in it as well. You had Sammy Callahan, Chris Hero, <laughs> Chris Hero. Weekends. He had a yeah, he had a fantastic weekend. Yeah. Uh, Mark Andrews, yeah. uh, I think Mark Haskins, Pete Dunn, Jack Gallagher. Uh, lots of huge, huge names that have obviously gone on to uh, bigger and better things yeah. since then. Yeah. Well, after the uh, progress, that's when. Because David's been going for years, and David's a driver, so we had a pretty sweet deal where David, a driver, had be his co-passenger, and we'd listen to podcasts and just talk wrestling for hours, and we'd go to uh, that's when we went to place like Fight Club Pro, to the old old venue. We went to uh, Attack. We went to OTT. We went travelling all over. And it, pretty handy having a, a driver mate who can just drive you to all these cool places. And I spent like two or three years just doing show after show, going to all these random places, and, and I just like I said, just fell in love with it and. Fell in love with indie wrestling. You mentioned going to places like Wolves for a Fight yeah. Club Pro, uh, down Cardiff for Attack, yeah. over to Ireland for OTT, yeah. down in London for Progress. That's a lot of travelling, obviously, when it comes to this neck of the woods. Sheffield, you've got the odd Southside show, who were getting taken over by Rev Pro soon. <laughs> Apart from that, really, the only company that's nearby is Leeds. Uh, Tidal yeah. in Leeds and that's like an hour away yeah. was it that that basically inspired you to try and become a promoter yourself being that in the Sheffield area it was pretty slim pickings when it came to independent wrestling yeah. so definitely I knew there were a gap in the market I knew I, were, I knew that every weekend I would jump in a car with, with my mate and driving around the country and I was never staying in Sheffield for anything, so I knew there's a gap there for something. And even from two or three years ago, I, me and David used to always dream book a, a promotion. We'd be like, oh, I'd book this guy, I'd book this guy, we'd do this, we'd do that. And just as you do know, you're driving, driving around country with your mates. But we, I always knew that there was, I felt like there was a gap. I felt there must be wrestling fans in Sheffield, like myself, who just watch WWE and never really had that something on the doorstep where they can get into indie wrestling they've had to go out and find it so I knew there'd be something something there's a gap in the market yeah, that's probably the best way to put it and uh, at the time I was working in retail as a night manager and I fucking hated it <laughs> absolutely hated my role and they, uh, they made redundancies so I got this a little bit of a redundancy package and I didn't I didn't I decided not to take my job on and uh, I basically paid a bit of the wedding off with the missus uh, went to Miami and New York and then I had a bit left over <laughs> and I said to the missus I'll be alright to breed pro wrestling up and she was like do what you want <laughs> do what you want and then this was, that was like a year ago to now where we, I, I pitched the idea to her because obviously I, I needed to get her blessing first and then I spoke to a few of my mates who, so I, I've got some mates who do HFP films who do my f- films for me and I said oh, I'm thinking about setting a promotion up do you fancy getting involved and doing my promos and doing everything else and they were like yeah that's fantastic and then I spoke to Davey was too busy with his role to get involved, but he put me in touch with Ant the editor who films the shows. So I'm like, boom, that's another thing, we've got someone to film the shows. And then it kind of went from there basically. So the genesis of Breed was like, year in the making, took you a while to get 
all the components together, yeah. getting a, your crew together, filming, editing. Then obviously you had the small matter of finding venues, yeah. uh, finding wrestling rings. Yeah. What were the first like initial problems on that first show, yeah. which was in February? February. So you've not even been going what ten months yet? No, no. Uh, what were the first initial like obstacles and hurdles that you guys yeah. had to overcome? So obviously you you start off with the idea. That's the that's the that's the start. <laughs> the idea, and then you need to start off with a name. So. Uh, I, was, I got my pad out and started writing random names out and I kind of like the idea of breed because I liked it. Initially we were going to, initially my promotion, what I wanted to do was be an under 25s promotion because I thought you've got evil do women wrestling, I wanted to like, create a niche and then the, the idea was to call it new breed wrestling to uh, have like an under 25s kind of, for, for young wrestlers to come and perform and then I kind of didn't want to pigeon, pigeonhole myself so I that's when I created the new breed. I idea for a new breed title and a breed title, so we could have a new breed title for under 25s, and then have a breed wrestling for everyone else to get involved with. So that the breed kind of tied it all into all that in together. So I thought that was a cool name to to go ahead with. That so that was my name done. And then we were after a, a venue. <laughs> so I was, I think I first went to the corporation where Southside run, and uh, they basically said that they had to talk to the current promoter who works there, and that just fell through because they, they didn't want too much wrestling and I think they were off 10s as well so they could only have 12 10s a year and there was just not enough 10s to, to make, meet requirements so that kind of fell through so I kind of pitched to other venues in the, in the city and uh, Aberdell Picture House came up so I, I, I live around there, well, I walk past there as well every day and I thought that'd be a cool venue for a, for a show and it's just, it feels a bit different, you know, the layout so we went to the um, picture house and ran shows from there and then well, the, the, your ring <laughs> yeah you need to get your ring so ringing for a room few places getting quotes and things like that yeah it, were all, that, it was around this time last year when we started off the um how do you put, <laughs> put a show together you know what i mean and I, it's funny there's a, a company called new riot in um, london who's just starting out and they've contacted me and they're in kind of the same position as i were last year it just it brought, brings back memories of when you're in that position when everything's so fresh and so new and yeah you've got to, just got to learn as, learn as you go haven't you you've said yourself uh, on social media that you did make early mistakes yeah. when it came to breed what would you say them first few mistakes are yeah so definitely one mistake is you get your obviously I've, I've not got no experience in wrestling I've just got it as a, as a fan perspective so I just I went all fucking mad <laughs> and I booked like six months worth of shows before we even started and I'm like this is, this is what I want da, 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 da. so I booked all my shows and then you, you quickly learn that <laughs> things can change very quickly in Brit Rest such as contracts <laughs> with WWE yeah. NXT UK guys contracts with WWE guys injuries people just don't fit for some reason so you might book someone and you might think they'll be amazing and they'll get super over and they just don't so you've got to try and create a card that your fans connect with or that you, you can create a roster around so yeah so um, I had these six month of shows before I even started my first show and quickly they all a lot of them changed those and we changed a lot of directions so definitely one mistake was booking everything too soon like now I just book on a show to show basis I love my ideas that I want 
sorry. We're in a <laughs> Cavell's and Sweet Caroline's on the radio. <laughs> so, um, like you say, the first show, it was at Abbeydale Picture House. Yeah. Pretty, pretty successful show, I thought. Um, you crowned your first ever uh, mm. breed champion, who is still, to this day, your breed champion. Can't get it off him. You cannot get him off at all. Um, also got young Joe Nelson as the new breed champion. Yep. Uh, you've got the ever popular Ivy as the women's <laughs> champion. Um, and it's all building towards this Saturday, yep. uh, your Star Cave show, uh, a show that's had its numerous problems <laughs> itself. Yep. Uh, how much are you looking forward to this weekend? I'm looking forward to it immensely. You know, it's it's been a frustrating road to Star Cave. <laughs> it's, had, it's had a lot of hurdles, it's had a lot of heartache, it's had a lot of stress, it's had a lot of pressure. And we've built it up, and we've built it up, and then we had to had to move it and change it. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough old battle. But I'm looking at the card, and I'm looking at the wrestlers on it, and I just can't wait for them to to knock it out of the park, and we can try and create something that can capture the world's eyes. We're wrestling in a cave, should should hopefully get get over really well. Yes, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm stressed. <laughs> um, want to go over the card? Briefly, obviously, you've had to make change from the original date. It got moved uh, back another two weeks, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, yeah, four, some of the matches four. that four weeks, four weeks, you had some guys that were booked on the show that have mm. unfortunately got other bookings four weeks later. Nothing you can do about that. But I still think that the card that you've got this weekend is a very strong card. Um, if you want to run through some of the matches that that you're, you yourself are looking forward to the most. Yeah. Yeah, so um, firstly, I think I'd just like to point out that the, the, the first part about the wrestlers who can't make it, and it's absolutely heartbreaking for the people who, uh, you've, who you've promised this show to and you, you can't deliver this show in a cave to because they've got bookies elsewhere or they've got holidays or they've got tours. And like People like your Gene Munnies and your Martinez, who's no one put more, pre- more effort into promoting that cave show than them two. And it's, yeah, it's devastating that them two can't can't make the show so yeah I'm gutted for that but the people who are on the card you know people who've, who've got an opportunity from the change of dates so you've got Luke Jacobs versus Dan Maloney which is that'll be a very hard hitting match <laughs> that's just going to be so cool and Luke Jacobs he, he came on our radar about July June July when the cave were already booked and he was asking and asking and asking for a, a spot and I'm like I ain't got nothing and I wish I had something for him you know so and he was desperate to get on it and he's such a hungry young wrestler who, who's he's gonna I reckon the next 12 to 18 months he's just gonna be at the top of the scene I think I can see him just rising and rising and rising well he's already been booked for uh, the next day he'll yeah, be at Progress, Progress in Manchester uh, so that's a good stepping stone for a minute so so yeah so Luke Jacobs and Dan Maloney in a a hard hitting contest will just be that might be the sleeper match of the show and then we've got Carlos Romo versus Akid yeah former White Wolf team members there facing off against each other in a cave in a cave (laughs) and it was uh, Carlos Romo after his match with uh, Daniel McCarby uh, said he wanted another challenge against a good technical wrestler yeah. and I don't think there's many better technical wrestlers in the minute than uh, A-Kid yeah. uh, I believe he won the Ambition Tournament over at uh, WXW at the uh, yeah. World Tag Festival yeah, last like, weekend it's fell into place originally it was going to be when we I pitched the idea of for Romo like, I've, got, I've got a spot in the cart cave for you we'll, uh, and I'm going to have Michael May Michael May in that spot but then Michael May had to drop out because he got an ICW booking which is class for him you know. oh it's, hi, it's fantastic big, it's a big company for him 
And uh, so, like, God, I promised everyone a technical match, and <laughs> my technical wrestler's <laughs> is gone. So uh, I said to Romo, like, who, should we, who should we go for? And uh, he was just giving a few names, and I said, what about A-Kid? He went, oh, he won't do it. He's, 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 I, don't, I think he's gone now. I, think, I don't think he can do these shows. And I'm like, oh, there's no, no harm in asking. <laughs> so I sent uh, A-Kid a message and said, do you fancy wrestling in a cave? And he was like, yeah, I can do that. And then, boom. We've got White Wolf first White Wolf in a cave, which is it's quite a romantic story really, from two guys who have trained together in Madrid to taking over the world and having five star matches and getting all the world eyes on them to getting signed by WWE and Romo's got his appearances on WWE as well. I think he's knocking on that door and now he's uh, <laughs> wrestling for us in a cave. Nah. That one that one might bring a little tear to me. I have to tell you the truth. You've also got three title matches. Yeah. Uh, Joe Nelson taking on his uh, former best friend JJ Barker. Yeah. Uh, that'll be quite the uh, quite the match. A lot of history in that one. Yeah, again, two uh, two friends who've been. I think they've been wrestling with each other since they were like thirteen or fourteen. I think someone tweeted saying, "Oh, I'd love I'd love to get to wrestle each other three times after this." And I think JJ Barker said, "I've already wrestled him two hundred eight times. <laughs> I don't need to wrestle him anymore." But they they know each other so well, and they've grown up on on. Camp shows together and they've uh, they really got the good base, but then these titles <laughs> made them fall apart and made them fall out, and um, yeah, it's going to be a, a special match. You also got the uh, women's title match. Would you like to uh, elaborate on the contenders <laughs> in that one? Yeah, so obviously we've got Ivy, who's the Women of Steel champion, the Thorn in my side, the Nightmare. <laughs> And she's going to be defending it against Raven Creed, who she's wronged twice now, and I think Raven wants her blood. And then we've got Vera Scott, who's going to be the third member of that match. And then we've got Shax, who's uh, coming, another one coming for blood. <laughs> so there's a lot of people coming for, for Ivy's blood. And that's actually going to be a four-way elimination match. So uh, it's going to be a four, four-women elimination match. And yeah, finally we can get rid of Ivy. Spoken about... Uh how escaping the mid-card, currently running roughshod over Breed. Yeah. And uh, TK Cooper, he'll be defending his Breed Championship against Brady Phillips and Big Guns Joe. Uh, how has this match come to be? <laughs> so from day one, TK's he's had that Breed title from day one, hasn't he? And um, no, no one can get near him. He's always got his, his boys in his corner helping him and he's defeated people like Rampage Brown who <laughs> got Rampage Brown in the ring with him and he beat Rampage Brown he's, and uh, but I think it's a bit different this time because this time round it's, it's a triple threat so he don't even have to get pinned to lose the belt obviously Spike's not going to be there Spike's got an injury he's only got Mambo there it's, I think it's, this has got a different feel to it I think this is his toughest challenge yet and um, yeah it's going to be an interesting one and then we would have been building people up to face him. So Brady Phillips, in my opinion, is one of the best wrestlers in the country. He's so underrated. He's a, an absolute stud. <laughs> he's, fit, he's got every attribute you need to, to make it in this game. And he's another one who, this time next year, I think, your companies like your Progressors and your OTTs will be looking at Brady Phillips. And even Rev Pro now. You know, Rev Pro's joined the Southside and he's a big deal in Southside. I can see him being an Andy Q man who... He'll look at Brady and go, I like, I like him. And I can see him being everywhere in, in 12 months' time. And then we've got Big Joe, who's come from nowhere. <laughs> He's literally gone from the comedy act on the card to, to the serious match on the card. And 
Yeah, it's anyone's. It's a tough, tough one to call, and it's anyone's game. Do you think it was his match with uh, Chris Ridgeway, which finally got the respect of the fans, where uh, Ridgeway absolutely <laughs> kicks seven shades out of him at yeah. the uh, We the Indie show? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that day Ridgeway wanted a singles match, and I had him in a scramble match, and I was just like. Yeah, I've got you in a scramble match. I, mean, I don't want a scramble match, I want a, a singles match. And then I was just like, I'll tell you what, do the scramble match and you can wrestle who you want in a singles match straight after. And he went, okay, cool. And he's good mates with Joe. So he picked Joe to have a singles match with. And yeah, it was just 10 minutes of him booting Joe around the hex. <laughs> and I think it, yeah, it, it, it earned a lot of fans' respect for Joe. I think he thought he's not just a comedy guy, he, can, he could actually give it and take it. And, uh, it's kind of a coming of age match for him in breed. Uh, another couple of matches on the card, slightly less serious. Uh, you've got the anti fun police, they'll be taking on Club Tropicana. Uh, I think both teams have been pretty much fan favourites since the very beginning of breed. In fact, I think it was the very first breed match. Yeah, anti fun police were the first ever breed match yeah, against Molden Hype. And uh, you've got Chuck Mambo, he'll be taking on Speedmore by Mike Bailey, who uh, simply doesn't have bad matches. <laughs> he doesn't, does it? Uh, I saw him over the weekend at Riptide, uh, he was absolutely fantastic. Saw him the week before at Tidal against Rampage Brown, that was one hell of a match. Uh, Chuck Mambo, somebody this year that's been having absolutely outstanding matches wherever he's been at. Uh, lost the uh, Brighton Championship. Yeah. Ironically, to an injured Spike Treve. <laughs> yeah. uh, Spike threatening to uh, basically torture the owner of uh, Riptide's father mm. unless he had uh, an impromptu no DQ match. He got what he wanted, didn't he? he yeah, he kind of always does, doesn't he? Yeah. So uh, I think Mambo versus uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, another one that could possibly be a, a sleeper match at the cave. I think, yeah, I think Mambo, I think he's. He's had these great matches all over the country, but in breed he's kind of been the, the third member of ETM in a way. I think it's always been Spike and um, TK with other spotlight. And this is an interesting one because it's like, it's nice Mambo's turn to uh, take, his, take his spotlight and face one of the best in the world in Speedball Mike Bailey. And yeah, I'll be interested to see how that one plays out. So it all goes down this Saturday. Pete Cavin, Derbyshire. Are there any tickets left still for this event? Yeah, we've got a few seating tickets left, and then we've got around 80 standing. So uh, we were close to selling out before the rescheduled date, then we've just had to give out lots of refunds, and yeah, we've got loads of tickets back on sale, yeah, so there's still loads of tickets on sale, and yeah, they can be bought from breedwrestling.co.uk. And then there's some coaches going from Sheffield and from Manchester, so from the Temple, which is Hex in Sheffield, our usual venue, and then uh, the Soup Kitchen in Manchester, and they, they again can be purchased from breedwrestling.co.uk. So there you go, if you want to go to this event, there's still tickets available. Uh, if you live in the north of England, either side of the Pennines, uh, get yourself down to Manchester or Sheffield. Uh, this is going to be a very unique event. Um, got a lot of buzz in the British wrestling community uh, Star Cave is going to be taking place this Saturday tickets are still available uh, Mitch thank you very much for your time no and uh, all the best for this event I'm looking forward to it myself should be an absolutely fantastic occasion ah, cheers mate
Hey guys, Big Joe from Turnbuckle Talk here, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs here on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. That about does it for another week. Big thank you to Mitch at Breed Pro Wrestling. If you're about in Sheffield, definitely try and catch that show. Starcave, this Saturday, from uh, Pete Tavern. That should be an awesome show. Uh, check out everything else on the HDM Podcast Network. Uh, Turnbuckle Talk, PW Hustle, uh, Wrestle Podcast with Robin Nelson, HDM Sports, HDM Wrestling. All that good stuff, all available on HDM Podcast Network. Uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, uh, Spotify, whatever your podcast catcher is. If you want to get in touch with me, Twitter, at Avid's Chairs. Uh, Facebook, the Tables Avid's Chairs Facebook group. Uh, if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tables, Others and Chairs. I'll be doing filming from Breed Pro Wrestling Stargate event this weekend. Uh, should have the footage up for you probably by Monday. Uh, that's about it for me this week. Uh, have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. Uh, if you're watching wrestling, have a great time because wrestling is awesome. Uh, catch you next week, guys. ta Ah!